Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on the show, 877-973-7425. As always, you can follow me all over the internet at E.W. Erickson, E-W-E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, particularly Instagram. You should follow me on Instagram. It's where I'm less political. E.W. Erickson. Uh, well, you know, every day that I do the show, I don't do a script. I don't really do a lot of notes. I just kind of highlight, I want to talk about this story, this story, this story, this story, this story. But uh, Charlie asks me, since we break the podcast out by hour, instead of doing the full three-hour show as one podcast, we break it out by hour. And he asks me to give each hour a name. The name for this hour is Recession Redefined, brought to you by the people who can't define what a woman is. The White House has declared a redefinition of what a recession is. If you look up the definition of a recession in the Oxford English Dictionary, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, or even go to an encyclopedia, what you find is two quarters of negative economic growth. Two quarters of negative economic growth. That is the traditional definition of what a recession is. Now, it is true. It is true. The National Bureau of Economic Research back in 2008 tweaked the definition. So it's not a technical two quarters. It's a more nebulous definition. They are the group of people. You may remember the CNN story, the group of white men who decide if we're in a recession. They have changed it to a significant decline in economic activity that has spread over the economy and lasts more than a few months. Gives a little more wiggle room. But everybody, everybody has used two quarters of negative economic growth. Even after, now here's what you need to know. The National Bureau of Economic Research made this redefinition in 2008. And even after 2008, the media continued to use the two-quarter definition because it's really easy to understand. It gives less wiggle room to the bureaucrats. Only a couple of months ago, after the first quarter of economic decline, I mean, literally, we're talking two months ago, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, and Fox News, the New York Times, USA Today, and the Wall Street Journal all reported, a one more quarter like this, we're officially in a recession. What the Biden administration is doing is not so much redefining what a recession is, but exposing propagandists in the press who go along with it, considering just a couple of months ago, they were saying otherwise. Brian Deese is rushed out of the gate. He's the the chairman of the White House Council of Economic Advisors. He wants you to know the definition has changed. It sounds like you're anticipating what will be comments from some saying two quarters of negative growth in a row 
that's a recession. Right, and certainly the, in terms of the technical definition, it's not a recession. The technical definition considers a much broader spectrum uh, of data points. But in practical terms, what matters to the American people is whether they have a little economic breathing room, they have more job opportunities, their wages are going up. That has been Joe Biden's focus since coming into office. He has had a view of the economy that we need to look to build from the bottom up and middle out. And what that means is that typical working class people in this country have had trouble affording things for years. He is focused on building a strong, durable economic recovery here. We have real global challenges here in the short term. We've got to navigate our way through them, but we have to do so without giving up all our economic gains. That's going to be our focus, and I think that we need to train that focus on that rather than on sort of technical debates about backward-looking data. Backward-looking data. Oh, he's not alone. Janet Yellen, the Secretary of Treasury. Now, this is what's notable. What did Janet Yellen's day job used to be? Chairman of the Federal Reserve. And Janet Yellen used to use the definition of two quarters of negative economic growth equals a recession. You don't see any of the signs now. A a recession is a broad-based contraction that affects many sectors of the economy. We just don't have that. Consumer spending remains solid. Um, It's continuing to grow. Um, Output, industrial output grown in uh, five of the six la- uh, most recent months. Um, credit quality remains very strong. Household balance sheets are generally in good shape. But inflation is way too high. And, um, the, you know, the Fed is charged with putting in place policies that will bring inflation down. And um, I, I expect them to be successful. The administration for its part, is uh, supplementing those uh, Fed policies with things we can do. We've cut the deficit by a record $1.5 trillion this year. Um, Releases of gas from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve are putting some downward pressure on gas prices. We've seen uh, gas prices just in recent weeks come down by about 50 cents and there should be uh, more in the pipeline. And hopefully we will pass a bill that will lower prescription drug costs right. and you, um, you, maintain current levels of health care costs. Oh. Oh, I'm I'm I what well, I'm sorry. What happened to Janet Yellen? She was here just to oh my gosh, poor old Chuck Todd in that interview. Puts everybody to sleep with her monotone. Well, we're actually in a technical definition of a recession, which is actually broad, and the actors are complete. That we've got wages going up and across the sectors, and it only impacts one sector. And so, I don't think definitionally you can say it's a recession. Oh my gosh, that's why they trot out Janet Yellen. They want to bore you to death. Who needs monkeypox when you just have Janet Yellen talking kill you? My gosh, it just bores you to death why they have her out there y'all okay these people can't give you the definition of what a woman is we have a very good definition of what a recession is and now they're like oh it's too precise it's too precise the economic news comes on thursday the dirty little secret is that they are given heads up they they are given heads up on 
the um, data. They all know the data is going to show we're in a recession. So they're working very hard to redefine what a recession is. They can't tell you what a woman is, and somehow they want you to know a recession is not its definition. You know what we are? We're back to Bill Clinton's. It depends on what the meaning of the word is, is. This is a recession. Well, what is the word is? What does it really mean? What's the existential raison d'etre of the word is? <laughs> We're in a post-truth administration. We, we, we are in a post-truth Administrator, what what's the truth? It depends on what the meaning of the word is. Is I, I I wish to go back to something. What is postmodernism? This is a little esoteric for some people, and I don't want to bore you, but you need to understand this because it took me for years, uh, struggling to understand. Uh, what postmodern is means because it, it's it's kind of hard. Um, it, it, there's there's not good definitions. Now, what is postmodernism? And, and I got to credit Tim Keller, the theologian, who. Uh, really, I, I actually, I, I know Tim. He's a very good guy. And Tim really helped me understand what postmodernism is. And, and to understand what postmodernism is, you have to understand what modernism means philosophically. In modernism, there is objective reality. You and I both look up at the sky. You may be colorblind. And you may not be able to recognize the sky is blue, but objectively, you know, the world sees the sky is blue. I'm an exception to that rule due to my color blindedness, but the sky is blue. The grass is green, even though I can't recognize it as such. There is objective truth. The world agrees on certain things. Not only is there objectivity, there are standard bearers of that objectivity that we can all go to. We can go to the encyclopedia. And we can read, we can go to the dictionary and read and get the idea of objective truth. Words have a meaning that are inherited from the democracy of the dead. That's a G.K. Chesterton quote. Uh, essentially, all of the people who came before us through trial and error figured out the best way to live the world and what the words of the world mean, and we have inherited their trial and error to the point where what we have is is modern and workable. Postmodernism subverts that. The exceptions become the rule. Because there is someone who is colorblind, you cannot say the sky is blue. It is blue to you. That is your truth. It is not blue to that person. They have their own truth. We get away from the idea of objectivity. There is no more objectivity. Everything is subjective. Everything is about the way you see the world. You have your truth, and I have my truth. Everything is now emotional. Facts don't mean jack. It's emotion that triumphs. And you hear it in our common words and language. 
People no longer say, I think. They say, I feel. I think that this is so. Now it's, I feel that this is so. No one says the truth of the matter is. Everyone says, my truth is. And everyone has their group of people they listen to who tell them what their truth is conforming to certain ways. This is postmodernism. The exception becomes the rule. Emotion trumps rational thought. Everyone has their own truth. There is no objective truth. Uh, Christ can't exist in a postmodern world because he is truth. Postmodernism is deeply hostile to Christianity. It is why uh, you have this void being filled in by old pagan religions in the postmodern world, because if, if your God is truth and there is no objective truth, postmodernism is inherently atheistic. And we have this whole upside down where you can feel like you're a woman, so you're a woman. That is your truth. This is postmodernism. Again, postmodernism, emotion trumps rational thought. There is no objectivity. It's all subjective. Words are how you define reality. This is a very important concept. Words define reality, and whoever controls the words control reality. And the exceptions become the rule. This is where we are. And in this world, we can have an objective widely held definition used for 50 years on what a recession is. And because that works against Joe Biden, suddenly screw the objective rule. It's all about how we feel. And we don't feel that we're in a recession. So we're not in a recession brought to you by the same people who can't tell you what a woman is anymore. Because if you feel like you're a woman, you are a woman. Society will not survive postmodernism. The virus burning through society like a wildfire, a lot of us will get burned along the way. A lot of our kids will be lost to it. It'll eventually burn itself out, and there will be rubble left behind, and the Biden administration is part of building that rubble, economically and otherwise. But they don't feel like it's rubble. They feel like it's something else. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. If you would like to get all of the show notes, all the links, you can see for yourself how the Biden administration wants to redefine a recession. What you can do is text the word data, D-A-T-A. Text that word to 33777. I will send you back a link and if you click it, you can subscribe absolutely for free at no cost whatsoever. You can subscribe to the daily email. And every morning you will get a thoughtful piece on me about the news of the day and how you might want to reflect on it. But if you pay, it's 7 bucks a month or $70 for a year. You get a good deal if you go with the annual fee. Not only, not only. Do you get that morning piece for free? You also get exclusive interviews and you get the stack of stuff. You literally get every link to all of the stories I'm talking about in the show at noon, right as the show starts. So you can follow along with me. You can read the stories for yourself. Uh, you don't have to have me think for you, but you can see those things firsthand. If you want to go back to them later after I've talked about them and seen them for yourself, you get that. Not only that, you also get videos of the show. Not only that. You also are going to get 50% off the early bird rate for our conference next year. 
so you can come see all of the Republican presidential candidates. You get all that for 7 bucks a month. Not a bad deal. But if you just want to sign up for free, you get a lot of stuff for free as well. Text DATA to 33777. Speaking of the conference, we've begun reaching out to different candidates. We are reaching out to all of the would-be 2024 presidential candidates for the GOP. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny. The most controversial thing is I, I said I'll reach out to Donald Trump. If he wants to come, he can come. I don't think he'll come, but we'll invite him. And oh my gosh, the number of, I can't believe you'd invite him. I thought we were ready to move on. Well, I am. But if he's going to be a contender in 2024, I'm going to invite him. You don't have to come to the conference or you can come and not go to the conversation I have with him. I mean, I'm not going to let him speak, like give a speech. He's going to have to sit there and have a conversation with me like everyone else. There will be no speeches. What I do is I ask the crowd for their questions and I weave those questions into my conversation with the candidates. All of them get 30 minutes on stage with me. And I got somebody that, why don't you give them an hour? Do you know how many people there are? We can't be there all week long. We got to do this on a Friday and a Saturday. It'll be in the middle of August next year on a Friday and Saturday. And we got to make it work on that schedule. So I'm sorry. No, I can't do an hour with them all. And yes, I will invite the former president if he wants to run again in 2024. But also Ron DeSantis and Mike Pence and Tom Cotton and Nikki Haley and Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and Rick Scott and Tim Scott and Christy Nome and all these other people who want to run in 2024. I'm going to invite them all and they're all going to have to sit there and answer my questions. No speechify. And if you want to come, I'll send you the info. But if you want to be the first to know and the first to be able to get tickets you have to be a paid subscriber to the email list. It's only seven bucks. You text Eric, or I'm sorry, you text data. You text data to 33777. Now, when we come back, there are scores of economic news out there that are not great. There's also more news on monkeypox, and I have to talk about that too. The problem is, and it goes back to the Janet Yellen clip, that she says all the indicators are we're actually headed in the right direction, so it's not technically a recession and all that, yada, yada, yada. Uh, the problem is there's a growing body of evidence that we are headed in a recession. Home purchases are slowing. Mortgage requests are in decline. Used car prices continue to be high. Rent rates are going up. Uh, the bear market is hitting Generation Z for the first time. People are beginning to flee major cities. Bad data out there. Hello there. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be a part of the program, I would love to have you uh, if you want to call in. But it's got to be on topic today. It's not a free-for-all today. I got to, before we get into all the economic data, I, I'm I'm going to talk about monkeypox. I want to make a couple of points here. One, the World Health Organization has declared it an emergency. But a majority of the World Health Organization panel on health emergencies said it was not. 
So how is it when a majority said it was not? Because the head of the World Health Organization overruled the panel and said it was. So if it's an emergency, what are we doing about it? That's the problem here. There's no guidance. I got to read you some uncomfortable things. And I just, I want to apologize in advance. They're not comfortable things to talk about. But we have to talk about them. Uh, One, late Friday evening, a friend of mine sent me a Twitter thread of a uh, gay adult film star. He contracted monkeypox. And he writes about, he's not sure where he contracted it. He went to a birthday party for a friend, and the friend wanted an orgy for his birthday, so all of his friends gave him that. And then after he left the party, he uh, met a group of strangers who knew who he was, it seems. And, well... They had their own. Then he participated in two or three more group activities over the next couple of days, including other bodily fluids, lots of them, and then started feeling bad and got monkeypox. The Associated Press initially was up front about where it all came from. In June, there was a pride event in the Canary Islands, and it was an international affair. Men from all over the planet flew to the Canary Islands for a multi-day hedonistic extravaganza, including lots and lots and lots of orgies. And some of the people who were there were infected. And they infected other people who then went to Europe and had more hedonism. And those people then uh, flew back to the United States and began spreading it in the United States. You know, if one of Jeffrey Epstein's trafficking victims had had monkeypox, we could have a global map of all the billionaire sex traffickers of the world. Instead, we have a global map of all of the men who've participated in gay hedonism. And they're really not stigmatized by this. In fact, uh, uh, someone I know sent me a news article to a gay news site, and the article essentially said, uh, you should be proud of getting monkeypox. Don't feel stigmatized because it shows you're engaged in adventurousness. Your prudish friends are not. And by the way, most of the people who get it have mild symptoms, so don't worry about it if you get it. The real stigma is going to come when someone in the office who is either heterosexual or monogamous, gay and monogamous, comes into contact with the infected person and they get monkeypox, given how it's spreading. That's where the stigma is going to come from. People are going to wonder, what did you do to get monkeypox? You're, you're married to a woman or, or you're, you're in a, a monogamous relationship with your partner. How did you get monkeypox? It comes basically through a lot of sweaty contact. Sebastian Cohn is a 39-year-old Swedish 
male who lives in Brooklyn, New York. Do you know what his job is? Sebastian Cohn works for George Soros, and his day job is to normalize global prostitution, particularly in the gay community. Sebastian Cohn's job is to normalize prostitution. He actually was very frank in an interview with The Guardian, the UK's Guardian, about how he contracted monkeypox during Pride festivities in New York. This is him. I, I had sex with several guys over the weekend. Then a week later, on the 1st of July, I started feeling very fatigued. I had a very high fever with chills and muscle aches, and my lymph nodes were so swollen, they were protruding two inches out of my throat. This is the most amazing part. By the way, he also got gonorrhea, which he treats as an afterthought. Oh, yeah, I got gonorrhea, too. 39-year-old man from Sweden living in Brooklyn and working in philanthropy. For the past decade, my work is primarily focused on sexual and reproductive health and rights, so I followed the outbreak from the very beginning. I had even tried to get vaccinated when New York City launched an initial vaccination drive on the 23rd of June, but like the vast majority of other New Yorkers who tried to get an appointment, I had no luck. This whole thing feels like a huge failure that should not have been allowed to happen, especially not two and a half months into the outbreak. If someone like me who has worked in sexual health for a long time, had such a hard time navigating care. I can't imagine other people doing it. I know several people who are just sitting at home in agonizing pain because they're not getting the support they need. I'm sorry, but that's not how healthcare works. Healthcare in New York City is not designed to account for a very uncommon African-based illness spreading around New York because dudes can't keep their hands off other dudes. Back in February of 2021, and this is this is the core point here, and this is the uncomfortable truth. In February of 2021, European police organizations were breaking up sexual heterosexual orgies throughout Europe. A Hungarian politician was exposed as participating in one. In France, a man fell from a roof trying to escape the police who were raiding an orgy. Why were they raiding the orgies? COVID. Yeah, COVID. People were prevented from gathering, and yet these people were gathering because they, they had urges, hedonistic urges, and, and they couldn't be stopped from gathering. The police were actually raiding these places because of COVID. They weren't wearing masks. There were too many in the room together. In close contact, the same politicians and public health providers who were demanding the police break these up among heterosexual couples during COVID, they're not doing it now. The World Health Organization, which told you to go into lockdown to stop the spread of COVID, won't tell gay men to stop having casual group sexual activities for two two weeks to slow the spread, people. That's all you need to do. Keep your hands off each other for two weeks to slow the spread. No. No. They won't tell them to do that because they don't want to stigmatize the community. They want you to wear your damn mask all the time or you're going to kill your grandmama, but they can't tell these men to just don't have sex for two weeks. Just, just stay away from each other for two weeks and that'll totally wipe out the spread of the, the disease. That's it. Just two weeks, no orgies. They can't even bring themselves to say that. But you're going to kill your grandmom if you don't wear your mask and get your vaccine and that doesn't work. 
This is woke ideology. This is woke ideology. Forget the science. We can't stigmatize intersectionally oppressed groups. A public health community and a media that are hijacked by this sort of woke progressive ideology can't speak truth into the world. It's only going to get worse. People are going to abandon the media they already are and public health. They're going to look for conspiracists on social media who make more sense with more plausible paths forward. Nobody wants to be guided by the science, just sensationalism and sensation. We're witnessing a breakdown in society because the press and public health have picked a side, have lost empathy for the other side, and instead of boldly speaking truth for everybody to everybody, they're picking winners and losers. They're playing to one side's betterment. They're given their truth, not the truth. And in the woke capture of our institutions, trust is breaking down. Go back to the World Health Organization. They've declared a public health emergency over monkeypox. There are less than 20,000 global cases. It's not an emergency on a global scale. It's spreading in one particular community and those who come into regular contact with it. Sadly, some children have now been infected by monkeypox. Two kids. Here's Rochelle Walensky, her statement from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. She says in her statement, both of the children are traced back to individuals who come from the quote unquote men who have sex with men community, the gay men's community. That's a quote. Both of these children are traced back to individuals who come from the men who have sex with men community, the gay men's community. The children are adopted into gay households where the fathers are not monogamous, but in open relationships is what she is trying to dance around. Sebastian Cohen, the guy who got monkeypox, that also got a rant, but pay no attention to that one, no big deal there. This is how he ends his piece in The Guardian. He says he's worried that we're close to the point that this is going to be another endemic disease, especially among gay men. If we haven't passed that point already, I'm worried we'll be stuck with it forever. It's just simply bizarre to me, a state of our fallen world and how woke capture of institutions has happened, that it is apparently just too much to ask and advocate for the gay community to refrain from random casual sex and orgies for two weeks to stop the spread. But you people in your masks and your ineffective vaccines, you better stay away from your grandmom and out of hospitals or you're going to kill them all. Shame on you for not wearing your mask on an airplane. The double standard is ridiculous. And this gets back into what I was talking about, postmodernism and what it actually means in intersectionality. Intersectionality is part of postmodernism. The world, the paths of power of the world are based on intersectional categories of are you a man or a woman? Do you identify as a man or a woman? Are you Christian or not? Are you white or not? Are you disabled or, or no handicap? And if you're a Christian, white, male, heterosexual, cisgendered, you are male who think you're a male, you have no disability, well, then you're the most dominant, powerful person, and you're not allowed to speak because if you speak, your power becomes the dominant paradigm and we have to shut you up. 
the truths of the people who are exactly opposite of you are more powerful and more purposeful and have more meaning and you must shut up. And in a world that looks at the world that way, you can't speak the truth. Don't have orgies for two weeks and monkeypox goes away. Because you'll oppress an intersectional minority if you say that thing. The World Health Organization, this is mind-numbing to me, nine to five said this is not a public health emergency. It is an issue in just one community with only 20,000 infected people. And the head of the World Health Organization overruled the panel that said it was an emergency and said, yes, it is. And the same man who said the entire world needed to go on global lockdown for COVID and everyone needed to wear masks has declared this an emergency overruling his advisors and his solution is nothing. Nothing. It's just an emergency. Don't want to tell you what to do. Can't do that. It's just an emergency. It's not an emergency. It's just giving the media one more thing to freak out about, but they can't be honest about what's happening because they don't want to stigmatize anyone. At some point, it's going to become an emergency when it continues to spread and mutate and eventually goes airborne because these people who wanted you to two-week lockdown to stop the spread can't for two weeks resist themselves. And we're bigots for pointing that out, apparently. Good grief. The world has truly lost its mind. World has lost its mind economically too. Now's the time to protect your retirement savings. We're seeing 40 year high inflation, actually 41, 42 year high inflation now. Interest rate hikes, gas prices, GDP in decline. If you got $50,000 or more in your IRA, your 401k, and any other retirement savings, your money could be at risk. And you don't have a lot of options, but you can protect your money with physical gold and silver. Call my friends at Goldco, 855 904 5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call Goldco. Find out how you qualify for the offer. Goldco has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation, stock market swings. They might be able to help you. Call them, 855-904-5933. Better yet, if you text the word DATA, to 33777, I'm sorry, text Eric, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, text my name, to 33777. I'll send you Gold Coast toll-free number. Spend some few minutes with them on the phone, see if Gold Coast is a good fit for you. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Uh, should you wish to be a part of this year program, I, I so I gotta um, I gotta tell you, I my my kid is I, I'm trying to be diplomatic here. I won't go into too many details, but uh, my my daughter is 16 and wants to be an engineer, and she is going to an engineering summer camp engineering summer camp at one of the most prestigious engineering schools in the country. Some call it a trade school on North Avenue. 
they were asked to submit their preferred pronouns. Very sciencey, don't you think? She's they're all have like everybody's in a in a little like dorm room with four people. They're making the biologicals stay with the biologicals if you get my drift. But her group is she's a Christian. It's like it's like one of those jokes. Like the vegan and the crossfitter and the atheist go into a bar we only know because they made sure everybody knew room it's the christian the atheist the wiccan and the buddhist there's a there is a joke there somewhere the christian the atheist the wiccan and the buddhist yes they they have a number of of kids who identify as genders that are unique to themselves and my kid noticed and and observed that um they have picked their names based on celebrity culture from movies, comic books, and the like. Um, so there, there's a level of conformity in finding themselves there that is is based on celebrity culture, uh, trying to be unique and stand out by conforming in such a way. It's just very interesting. Uh, a dear friend of mine, uh, Eric Reed, is a pastor up in um, Tennessee. He's got got a great series of books, and he's got a, a ministry called Knowing Jesus Ministries. Uh, Eric E R I K. He spells his name badly. Knowing Jesus Ministries, and they'll go into schools and churches and do a great, great program for a day with with teenagers on how you navigate a world like this. How do you continue to maintain your faith in a world that is hostile to it? Uh, you may want to check him out. Knowing Jesus Ministries. <laughs> 